Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Coms. I'm your host, Ryan Graves, and I'm joined once and for the longest time, finally reunited. I'm with Kelly Song, my best friend. Hey, yeah, I'm here. It sounds to you, the audience, like we weren't here, but we were this whole time. We were here. Like, actually, well, actually, wait, to the audience, it was just a week ago. But really, for Ryan and I, it's been, been a month. It's been, yeah, it's been like three and a half weeks. My friend, I miss you so much. Let's the touch hands. Let's touch hands. That's Raylo style. Ray and Kylo, remember that from the Star Wars movies and they touched hands? I it just looks smel- like, ah! Do you remember when they smelled their fingers afterwards and they were like, <laughs> ah, that's that's a good Sith and Jedi stink. Kylo runs together. like, oh. <laughs> uh, to, He's like, do you want to touch my big nipples? Uh, so... No, they were they were monstrous areolas. He's, he's just got big. Well, when you got pecs that big, you gotta you gotta dress to match. Um, I will say in the Lego Star Wars game, one of the variants that you can play is Kylo Ren because you can play any character. Can you, you be can shirtless play Kylo, shirtless Kylo, Kylo oh, Ren? Good job, Lego not Star only Wars. That, not only that, if you play, if you put your players up to be shirtless Kylo Ren and Rey, Rey will say, "Can you please put a shirt back on?" Hey, like nice. it's very dynamic yeah i like that i like that as a game experience yeah um but good trip you went all over the world yeah we went to yeah yeah we went to colorado uh we went to kansas we went to spokane and all around the world back in portland we've been here for a couple of days and it still feels like we just got back i'm so tired what about you um i went to the coast for a little bit Mm, nice uh, hung out my son learned how to climb out of his crib so he is now in a bed He's becoming a little boy. Nice. Very cool. Uh, Great job. Great job. Good for you. It's weird. My baby's been in a bed on the floor for about three months now uh, since she is six months. So, you know, she's a little ahead of the curve. I would say, you know, just a genius might be what I call her. I don't know. Not to compare to your son. You just wait until (laughs) she can start walking around and then see how bedtime goes. Uh, yeah, she's, I mean, that's already a problem. She's already crawled to the door many times, banging on it. Why did you put me in here and leave me? Yeah, we had to upgrade to the video camera. Oh, we've got that. Yeah. Yeah. Before it was just, we just need to hear the squawks, but now we need the camera. Okay. So that's, that's why we went with video camera because like we were just allowing her to roam free. I felt a little 1984 at first. Right. And then immediately, like the first time that she fell down and like cracked her head. And I was like, oh, this is a real cry. I got to get in there. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine being big brother right now. I just like watching the show. Mm -hmm. Like it's like when they're completely alone, they're Mm -hmm. completely unfiltered. And it's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your day? I get very validated by the fact that she's, she slept in bed with us for a little bit and it was impossible for us to sleep because she rolled around a bunch. And I was like, maybe that's just because of us. Like maybe we were waking her up and forcing her to roll around, but no, she does it on, on her own. Like 24 (laughs) seven rolls around that bed. And (laughs) I, what, what, what age do you think you're going to be kaput? Like no more big brother oh i don't know like i i feel like it's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be like 15 he's like dad can we please remove the camera not until you stop the smoking son but dad i'm a pack a day smoker what can i do but dad i want to masturbate and i've waited so long <laughs> he's gonna listen to these episodes he's like you guys totally mischaracterized me that's not how i am at all <laughs> so what are we here to talk about oh, today i've got something it's not a game but it's like a game i have a question to ask and we're just going to get into it my question is am i being a snob mm, 
snobby. Uh, this is always a game to you. Yeah, it is a game. It's you playing with other and people's I lives. <laughs> and I'm the winner. Yeah, the world loses sometimes. Uh, so Sarah and I had a date last weekend where we dropped Theo off at the in-laws, um, and we went to the movie theater, and we were going to go see Thor. Snob! Immediately snob! Oh, okay. Cool. Thor, Good. so snobby. Okay. Oh, go ahead. So we go to this rinky-dink suburban Regal Cinema. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Regal Cinema. I'm, I'm going to shit on you because I worked for you, so I think I'm allowed to, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, okay. you're of the culture. Go yeah, ahead. I'm of, I'm of age. <laughs> um, uh, so... We, we we go into the auditorium. I sit down. Sarah's mm. like, "What candy do you want?" I'm like, "I don't care." She's like, "What candy do you want?" I'm like, "God, Reese's Pieces." <laughs> of course, uh, I don't actually like know. To. I don't know if I've ever seen you buy other candy at the. At I am the a better wife than Sarah is. Is what I'm saying. You Continue. would have known. <laughs> um, and she she's like, "Oh, I figured." So I'm looking at the screen, uh-huh. and in the middle of the screen is a giant, to my eyes, a giant blue dot. It takes up. The middle of the screen, not on the edges, but just in the middle. It's a big okay. circle. Okay. And I have calibrated TVs and projectors. I'm a colorist. I That's what my day job is. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly what it is. It's chromatic aberration in the lens. Uh-huh. It means there's something wrong. Like With disturb- the projector. With the projector yeah. lens. Mm-hmm. There's a problem. And the other people there haven't really noticed. Maybe they noticed, but they don't know how to place it because they're... I'm, I think I'm a snob because I'm going to say they haven't been trained like me to catch things like this because this is an error in their projection system that Sh- needs to be corrected. Sure, but a, a big blue dot in the middle of your screen, most people would probably be like, I don't like this. Okay, it wasn't a super strong blue dot. I had to point it out to Sarah and then she couldn't unsee it. Okay, that's, she did that's at enough. First, that's enough, though. I know. She didn't at first see it, but then she saw it. Mm. And then she's like, it's not great, but I can get used to it. But for me... I knew because I'm a colorist that now skin tones are going to be off. Now all this interesting production design and like the Thor movies are super colorful. At least Mm -hmm. the last one was, I'm like, this was going to be really good color. And I can't watch it compromised like this. I looked at Sarah and I was like, I can't watch this. Mm. And she's like, we can talk about it outside for a second. And And she's like, we're getting a divorce. (laughs) And I was like, I'm really sorry, but honestly can't sit and watch that. She's like, Mm -hmm. I understand, even though in her head she's like, I could sit through it, but... Did you guys at least go see another movie? No, because there was nothing else playing that we felt like watching, and we couldn't wait another half an hour to catch the next greeting because we had to pick our son up because we had to get him home for bedtime in time, so we couldn't watch any movie at all. So wait, what I'm going to ask here is going to really depend on whether I call you a snob or a knob at the end. Okay. Your answer is very important. Okay. After depriving your wife of a fun date. <clears throat> well, that's unfair because we still had a good time. That no, that, okay. Well, I was after depriving your wife of what would have been a fun movie to see. <laughs> yeah. What did you do? We went to Target. <laughs> and we had an amazing time at Target. We laughed. We played around we joked around are you lying we, to me no honestly look me in the eyes we went to target Ask no Sarah. I, know, I know you went to target i'm wondering whether you whether she had a good time no it's not like we went like and did our grocery shopping we walked around and we looked at more baby clothes and talked about the kind of shoes theo would want which were pink like uh not crocs but so almost crocs. 
We didn't run errands. <laughs> we got things that, uh, okay, we kind of wanted some things, but then there was other things. I'm like, hey, marry me on Blu-ray. It's only 15 bucks. Pick that up. I was like, so, let's watch this. So you very selfishly like went and got something that you wanted. You're being very unfair. I, am I? I? We had a great time I'm going to ask Target. Sarah. Hold on a second. Is she coming in here? Yeah. Sarah. Just, so just come in. Just tell the microphone. Tell the microphone. Did we have a good time at Target last weekend? Say it again. Did we have a Theo? Did we have a good time at Target? You did. <sighs> you you told me specifically that you had a good time. I did because it's Target. But you did had... you have a good time with me? Yes. Was it a good time for the both of us? You let me buy the things. <laughs> I mean, obviously, buy? I can buy whatever I want. But we did um, more than grocery know, shopping, uh, right? Uh, diapers. We mm-hmm. bought diapers. What else did we buy? So does groceries then. You bought knickknacks and such that Target has. The organizers and all that stuff. Oh yeah, we definitely hit up the dollar spot. Yeah. So, so it was a so good date. Cheap date at Target. Okay, that's fine. Uh-huh. Did you guys kiss? Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Thank you, Sarah. You told him why we skipped the date though, right? Yes. yes. Okay. That's why I'm confessing. Okay, thank Drama you. Drama king. <laughs> I love you, Sarah. Kyle <sighs> treating in the background. <laughs> Okay, so maybe I'm not a snob, but I'm a drama king. No, I think you're both a snob and a knob. (laughs) I had a great time with my wife on Friday. What? What's up? What's up, man? Do you want to be on the show too? Can I see this truck? (gasps) Woohoo! All right, bye. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say. There is something wonderful about having a nice, quiet, fun date just going to the store with your wife. Everyone, Robin and I went to Walgreens, Ryan, Walgreens, to pick up medicine the other day. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time that we'd gone anywhere without our kid for like eight months. Mm-hmm. And man, we had a blast. And we were there for right four there. minutes. Oh, But we were like, whoa, isn't this it is great, great to smile again? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I feel you. Okay, You're so- still both a snob and a knob, though. Snob and knob. Yes, both. All right. Yeah. Ding. If you would have gone to Target and gotten your wife like an ice cream or perhaps like a... Well, we got wine. If you guys we would got, have, Wait, like, did you drink in the store? No, that would have been too nasty for me. I would have felt a little gross. Adventurous, some might call it. Spontaneous. Sure. Yeah, I don't have that kind of spontaneity <laughs> okay. in my body. But okay, snob and knob. It's, it's been affirmed. I think what we, what we have here is you are the Jessica Stein... You and Sarah are the Jessica Steins of your relationship. Yeah. Speaking of segues, let me tell you a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. Jessica Stein. Mm Mm-hmm. Who is she? What does she do? You wouldn't be too far off to call her a female Woody Allen type in this movie. Very much so. She lives in New York. She's incredibly neurotic. She is a writer. Um, She is making an indie movie with interesting actors and showcasing the beauty of New York City. Mm -hmm. She... um Jessica Westfeldt is is actually the the person making the movie. Um, She co-wrote it with her co-star. Jennifer Westfeldt. Jennifer Westfeldt. Did I say Jessica? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's going to be hard. Um, Who's the uh, co-writer, co-actor in this film? Let's bring up the... I am. 
DB. You might want to tilt that a little yeah, yeah, bit yeah. to me, just a little. Oh, do you like my new mechanical keyboard? I got it for my birthday. Ooh, Sarah's been making I, fun I, of me all the time. Can, can we see here? Isn't that isn't that great? Oh, wonderful. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. What's that great Kinnear? What does he say in You've Got Mail? When he gets that typewriter. With the typewriter and he ching. You know, I have that great Smooth Kinnear action. Yeah. I don't know. He says something. I got the great Kinnear action. Uh, the Olympia Report Deluxe Electric Report. Hasn't gunshot. Yeah, that sound is uh, Listen familiar. to this. Listen to this. What, that whirring? The gentle, soothing lullaby of a piece of machinery. So I know where I've heard that before, Frank. So the question I've got for... Sorry, I just I had to actually type in Kissing Jessica's Night. <laughs> co-writer Heather Jurgensen and co-star Heather Jurgensen, who didn't do anything else other than pretty much this just this movie. Yeah, she, she has. Eight projects in her entire career. Wait, just writing-wise or Everything. acting? Really? Yep. Gosh, I feel like I've seen her in something else. I know. She feels very familiar. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, But this is based on a play that the two of them wrote and acted in. Mm -hmm. And it actually really feels like a play in its um in both its act structure, mm -hmm. but also when it fades out. It, yeah. Like there's times where it like fades to black a lot and it's like, oh, it feels like the lights have gone down and now the lights are coming back up. Right. But this movie is made in the year two thousand two and one. Well it was it came out in two thousand two. Oh right, right. Yeah. Um but it feels like the 90s yeah like yeah. hardcore feels it's like very the 90s. much a late 90s indie movie oh john ham's in this john john ham because he was married to uh, jennifer westfeld mm -hmm. for a while and is in all of her movies he was in uh friends with kids and with, kids with friends and kids with friends he was in both of those mm -hmm. um and so yeah we find jessica stein as a copy editor she doesn't really like her job and the way we film it, it just feels like hectic and chaotic and it feels like she's about to break that Watergate is happening, but really she's just copy editing and writing yeah. a small story and she doesn't get along with Max Medina, who's her boss from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> yeah. He's um, pretty much Max Medina, but kind of an a-hole. Yeah. And to be honest, I kind of feel like he... Is this pre, like, I want to say that he, this character, what's his name in this movie? This is almost simultaneous to his Gilmore Girls run. Sure. Um, what What is his name in this film? It's Max Medina. It's Max Medina. Um, you son of a bitch. Josh Myers. Yeah, so Scott Cohen plays Josh Myers, and I feel like, throw Josh Myers as a name out, and he, this is just in the Max Medina universe. <laughs> How about? Is this before or after Gilmore Girls? Um, like I said, I think simultaneous. No, no, no. Is this before or after Gilmore Girls in the extended universe of this movie where he is Max Medina and changes his name oh, and goes oh, and teaches oh. at this preparatory school? His He redeems himself in Gilmore Girls. Ah, okay. So he he lives this life, yeah. doesn't get together with her at the end, yeah. and then ends up with Lorelai Gilmore for a shot, hot, hot second. Yeah, which okay. makes... A lot of sense. Yeah, because he's a writer in this yeah. movie, so he would teach literature, yeah. which he does in Gilmore Girls. Okay. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, go watch first season of Gilmore Girls. What are you doing? It's fantastic. Um, okay, so Jessica Stein is neurotic. She's having a 
fine life. We also see she drinks coffee and wine. Yeah, and she's a painter too. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Are you a successful painter?" Oh, you're at work. Okay, no, you just paint too. Yeah, Good. she's it's her hobby. She doesn't she doesn't spend any time on the computer. Nor she she lives in basically Woody Allen's New York, so she also doesn't watch TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where do you point your furniture at? Uh, then we meet Helen Cooper, um, who is very. She has a posh lifestyle. She works at an art gallery and all that stuff. She's a, what I would call a free spirit. Uh-huh. She's hooking up with all the, the fellas. She's dating three different men. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. she's juggling them with a plum. Yeah. Uh, I, I could say. Um, and uh, she's still getting a little bored with all the guys that yeah. she's doinking. Yeah. Because she's like, very much doinking them. She also seems to have like a life and they are kind of there to fulfill her like sex needs. Yeah. And we, we get this when, like, all three of them... Do all three of them show up to that art show that she's throwing? At least two of them do. Yeah. Like, she ends it's up very having, she's gotta have it. Yeah. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. She is... She is... She does. She does gotta have gotta it. Have it. I really love the scene where... We just cut to she's hanging out in bed and we see a dude's legs just flailing out and like, oh, positionally, I can tell that he's going down on her uh-huh, uh-huh. and she's very bored. And she's uh-huh. like, you know what? Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry. There's, <laughs> like, there's huh? no, especially after you've done that much uh, work, you're just like, oh, uh, come on. <laughs> nothing? <laughs> nothing? Okay, fine. Okay. Um, but you're right. She, she, what changes her, like, what shows her that she's bored kind of, because she has sex like in an office at mm-hmm. this point. Uh, but she doesn't seem super into it. She's just like, okay, this guy really wants to have sex with me and you know, I'll just do it. Yeah. Um, but then this girl at the party gives her like an up and down look and she's like, Ooh, Oh, that kind of felt good. Electrifying. So she's thinking, Hey, let's try something new. Yeah. Try something different. So she's like, she's got a couple of, um, there's a couple that she hangs out with um, and they are a couple of dudes who are kind of like her, I won't call them her gay chaperone, but they're like, they're the ones who are like, Hey, if you're going to place an ad for women, we're going to tell you how to like rope a woman with an ad. And And we know this world. It's dueling gay best friends and it's perfect (laughs) because it's incredibly relevant because that's what this movie's getting at. But like, they're actually aiding in the plot because they're like, you need us to help you like do uh-huh. the personal ad. Like, you need to get the right quote there. You know, we know how this works. Yeah, and uh, they are. They also both have their own unique personalities. Like, one of them's kind of a curmud- curmudgeonly grump who's a little jaded, and the yeah. other one's like super optimistic and like go get them, yeah. tiger kind of kind of dudes right away i want to be in their friend group though yeah yeah it does it does seem like if if i was an adult in the late 90s this would be a fun place to hang these are these are these are cool dudes so she puts this ad out mm-hmm. and it's got a rilke quote because that's what um i think dave or dan uh one of her friends is like gotta throw rilke in there yeah which i don't know i was under the impression that Rilke's uh what's the word just a little much little uh, yeah i would have said for a if I was placing an ad and I was trying to rope somebody and I wanted to sound profound but understated, dude, George Eliot. Yeah, they were I, close. Yeah. They were really close. I, I, like, I would yeah, say George, George Eliot is far more understated than Rilke. Yeah, but I don't know. Any but other they, English managers out there? Mm. That's where they went. So that's fine. And, I guess we're both snobs. It now. was perfect. Yes. <laughs> High five. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Ryan just hit me with a big cup. 
Um, so, but Jessica Stein runs into this when her best buddy, uh, what is her name? The pregnant one. She's in everything. Jackie Hoffman. Jackie who Hoffman. Is, she was in 30 Rock and she's also the neighbor who gives the finger to everybody and only murders in the building. Oh yeah. Which we're almost done with season one. It's so good. Okay. Finally, I'm catching up on shows. Uh, I I don't like it. Oh, well, I think I'm the we'll only talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> so I just like lost my fan base. <laughs> Any oh fan man, base that I had. I am goodbye. excited for the debate between Sarah and you because Sarah, when we were watching like the third episode, she's like, "This show is my soul." I, yeah, I, <laughs> and I gotta watch this debate where you tear down Sarah's soul. I don't, I don't get it. I I like everybody in the show. I think all the acting is bad. Okay, we'll talk about. I later. think it's bad. We'll talk about it okay. later. Anyway, you go to your room. <laughs> Fair, um, but like uh, Jessica Stein l- listens to um, Jackie Hoffman just like talk about this this person. She's reeling off these ads. Yeah, and, she's and like, she thinks of this asshole. She thinks it's a dude at first, but then when she finds out it's a woman, she's like, "Well, okay." Mm. And okay, we haven't even talked about the fact that she's like, we catch up with her at the beginning of the movie in um, Temple, and like. They're her, trying to hook her up. Yeah, her She's grandma like and her mom interested. are like, you're single, you're ridiculous, you need yeah. to get with somebody. How dare you be 28 and not be married? Yeah, you're basically an old maid. You're basically dead. I Can we say in terms of like um, generational like accomplishments, I feel like 28 is the new 21 and 35 is the new 28, at least yes. personally. Yeah. Yes. That's how I feel like. I feel like I have until 35. Then then I need to like do something a little bit more significant with my life. But until then, I'm good. Ouch. I just turned 35. You've got the rest of this year. Okay. <laughs> I better get on it. You have 12 months. So basically, Jessica Stein answers this, this ad because she has gone out with like a bunch of dweebs. Bunch of boobs. They're actually not boobs. Like legitimately no, no, not boobs. No, not boobs. Mainly, we'll call them dicks. dicks. Yeah. A lot of dicks. She's got a lot of dicks and that didn't work out. And so she goes to meet this this person from this ad, Helen. Well, wait, wait. We got to talk about John Ham first. Oh, that's right. So they throw this dinner party. Jackie Hoffman throws yeah. this dinner party and she's like, come along. I don't know. Maybe a guy and will be it, there. Isn't this so New York? Ah, we're going to go to a dinner party. It's going to be in a backyard. There's oh just a couple gosh. single people here. Hanging What's going to happen? Who knows? And so John Hams, he's like, hi, I'm John Ham," And everyone's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it turns out he had no idea that this was a hookup. He talks about his new girlfriend and he steps on it. And yeah. unknowingly, but he keeps but talking. I'm kind of, I'm kind of on Jackie Hoffman's because she gets mad at him for not realizing this was a date. Her husband and was the one who had to be. He was the one scoping out the yeah. situation, and he did a terrible job. He did a terrible job. But John Hamm goes and picks up Jessica Stein to bring her to this dinner. If that doesn't scream date to you, maybe it's different in New York where like everybody walks or takes a cab. Or takes like public transportation. Yeah. But if you're going somewhere to pick somebody up for something and not meeting there, that's a date. Yeah. I will say you probably have made similar mistakes where you're like, oh, I'm just doing this thing. I don't know. Maybe. I've, I've seen you John Ham some things because you're just, you know, you're just. No, I totally have. But I'm, <laughs> all I'm saying is Abby ha- or everybody, everybody who's upset with John Ham, John Ham is a sweetheart. And in this movie, he is a sweetheart. But he kind of is that character from 30 Rock where he's exactly. just like an yeah. idiot. He's totally, he's totally that. Not that you're that as well. But. No, I'm kind of an idiot sometimes. It's fine. But 
Max Medina goes on this monologue and he's like, I'm an asshole. And have you ever met Jessica Stein? She's an idiot. Because he like goes off on her. Because she's complaining about all these horrible men that she's dated recently. And he's like, maybe you're the problem. And he's really sour about it. And it's like, whoa. Because all we know is that he's her boss. And it's like, where is this vehemence coming from? It's vicious. And on top of it being vicious... It kind of seems to be a Jennifer Westfelt trope in her movies that people get in pretty bad arguments at dinner parties. Yeah. I never want to go to a dinner party with her because I imagine they're always like this. <laughs> the, her movies are very East Coast and you and I are very West Coast in our lives. And we're like, whoa, this is like a lot of confrontation, man. And like, yeah, like <laughs> hey, I get it. But why don't you go have this conversation on the other side of the fence so that other people can kind of only hear a little bit of what you're saying. And can you be more passive aggressive about it? Cause Just that's how we are in the West coast. Like they're very like her characters in her movies are very direct and very just like, if they're pissed about something, they're pissed about something. Yeah. And, like that's so not our attitude. We're just like, no, we're going to bury those feelings down below. Or we're going to have like a DTR where we like bring it up and yeah, we are mad, but we're going to be we, nice about very it. Very gentle. And so it's very different style. <laughs> and who's to say what's better? Probably being direct, but it sounds intense. <laughs> My brother is just like that, yeah. where he loves to have conversations that are direct and to the point. And if he's upset, he's going to let you know that he's upset. And he resolves things with his wife's like 300 times faster than me and Sarah, because they'll just get right to the, they'll get, cut right through the bullshit. Yeah. It's like, that was dumb. It's like, okay, you're dumb. It's like, okay. And they move on. It's like, wow. Which is great, right? Yeah. But it's just like, oh, oh, mommy and daddy, stop fighting, please. <laughs> because it happens more often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you and your brother, but yeah. your brother and his wife. <laughs> anyway, moving on. So this this spurns her into the arms of Helen. But when she arrives at this bar, she is like freaked out and she's like, Hey, uh, this is a mistake. I'm going to leave. And then basically Helen stalks her out to where she's trying to find a cab. And is like, Helen seduces her. Yeah. She really is like, come on, come back in. And she's really, she's like, she's pushes, but only so hard. Mm -hmm. She can tell that like, this is a woman who's interested in doing this, but just can't get over that hump. She's, She's breaking down her shell because Jessica's got a very tough shell. And she's Helen got can tell. Shell upon shell upon yeah. shell. And so yeah. Helen's just like, let's let's break down this barrier that you've built up and let's let's sweeten you up a little. But maybe Jessica's just afraid because every single time Heather comes on scene, like this crazy nineties music happens, and so she's like, Oh, she's like, oh, oh my god, oh my, where am I? <laughs> Better than Ezra. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's not it's not bad, but it's just a strong choice yeah. where it's like oh, yeah, it's very stylistic. Yeah. Um so but she did she pulls this move and it's a pretty good move where Helen looking at Jessica Stein who is not looking at her and looking out to the cab, looks at her, dumps her purse out. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. Oh, look what happened. And J Jessica's, Jessica's like, oh, has to help her. I don't want to be like, a bitch. Yeah. So I'll help you clean and, up your purse. And they go have like a great date. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, they end up arguing because they go like all over town. They have one of those great like Carrie Bradshaw's right next to them having a <laughs> similar date, date yeah. in New York. And they end up like in front of these... Um, what are they called? Hari Krishnas. Hari Krishnas. And, and Jessica's like, they're stupid. And she's like, you're stupid. And yeah. they get into this wonderfully worded argument where it's like, have we all had this argument? Because I'm pretty sure we have. Where it's Probably. like, 
I make a careless remark and then my partner corrects me on the careless remark and I'm like, hey, can't I think what I think? And it's like, you're being careless. I should call you out on that. And it's a very good realistic fight that you can relate to, but shows us that these guys could have something that would be significant to one another. Yes. And honestly, it feels like this scene in particular felt a lot like Before Sunrise. Yeah. Because it was two characters who move through life at not different speeds necessarily, but like with, with different thoughts about life yeah. and them coming into a small clash and seeing how the other one holds up to this, yeah. Yeah. this totally. friction. And, uh, we, this is the second movie in a row where we've had that trope where like they're arguing and then like Helen's like, like Jennifer Westfall is like, I know exactly what's going on in my life. I know how I'd react to everything. And then Heather or Helen, jumps in and kisses her yeah. and it like interrupts her train of thought and yeah. it immediately puts her on her ass. Yeah. And it's just like what happened in 10 things with JGL and Bianca. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to cheat a little because I want to like describe the middle act of this movie, but in order to do so, I need to bring in trope talk now. I hope that's okay. Oh. Yeah. So okay. the trope is surprise you're gay. Oh yeah. As a trope. Yeah. That's kind of the like genre this film is uh-huh. surprise you're gay that's the genre that in and out is surprise you're gay uh that's the genre that uh, imagine me and you is surprise you're gay where the arc of the character is i've been doing things this one way uh-huh. and now i'm going to try it this way mm-hmm. and the movie is focusing on what would happen if i tried it this way sure okay um and in and out is like everyone everyone in the movie is like you're gay he's like no i'm not and then he's like oh wait i am and imagine me and you piper parabo person pipes um, parabo pipes she's like oh and it's like it's like a it's not necessarily a discovery but it's that well it's a it's it's a well in 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 different ones it's kind of either a slow or fast realization mm -hmm. right and the the arc of all of the films we've watched so far that have been like gay rom-coms like this Uh have been like oh something new not just treating it as run-of-the-mill sure it's like different and that's how these 90s movies kind of started to carve their way into this because we don't have a like a rom-com that has like two characters that are fully established as gay having a romance with each other where like if tom hanks and meg ryan were just like hey I discovered that I'm straight. All right. And that's my arc. Right. Right. We don't have that with your standard. They rom-com. were going to make this a rom-com. This was a, this was the log line. I don't know what happened, but this movie got canceled, but it was like a satire where it was a world where everyone was gay. Mm-hmm. I think it's because the messaging probably was going to be misinterpreted, but everyone was gay. And then we have these two characters like are straight. Uh-huh. And the whole thing was to point out, like, it's not that weird to go to have something that's not the norm. Sure. And they were trying to make this point of like, uh, just because we're not doing every, what everyone else is doing doesn't mean it's wrong or bad or anything. Sure. It's just, it is what it is. So I can see why it got canceled, but sure. Not canceled, but just canceled. Just, just canceled. Just, <laughs> just, just didn't get made. But, Low, lower case C. <laughs> but this, this movie, I found it interesting. I'm like, Oh, this feels pretty, not the same plot of imagine me and you, but it felt like the same kind of thematic, storytelling in the Mm. sense of talking about sexuality and talking about characters opening themselves up to something that they couldn't before. Yeah. And especially in the like late nineties, early two thousands, like this was, there are, 
I, I can see why this is a really fun genre for this genre, a subgenre for this genre, because yeah. it adds an extra layer of danger and change and evolution and conflict to two characters falling in love, which yeah. is a character going through like a complete life altering change yeah. at the same time as falling in love. And so all of those moments are just a little bit more new and exciting and also dangerous and also, you know, unsure. And that's what's already mixed up in this genre so much. And so it's just yeah. like an added layer to it. Yeah. So what happens is they start dating um, and it's very secret because it's still the late nineties and it's, you know, being closeted is still very much thing. And for Jessica, she's super like, Super well, yeah. keeping it on the DL. Helen wouldn't care. Doesn't though. care. Yeah. And that's their conflict is that she doesn't care. And this is more later in the movie, but Jessica's yeah. like, we can't tell anybody. Yeah. And so I, part of, part of it is that Jessica Stein, I, I she's, she des- describes herself as very like sexually conservative. Mm-hmm. And so I would call her sexually repressive. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if she's repressed she's she's repressive of their relationship <laughs> yeah but she's like i don't I, I don't know she's what we find out later is that she is afraid of jumping headlong into something if it's not going to be perfect right and her big hang up with dating helen who she's become fast friends with and she has a really good first kiss with is she's not necessarily attracted to women yeah she's very um What's the word? She's just very hesitant. Yeah, hesitant because they will be making out and then like a boob gets touched and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> there's something about like being a guy, like, yeah, I remember that being a teenager and getting that, like, a, hey, slow your roll there kind of feeling of totally. like, oh, okay, okay, we can, we can take it slow. And it's kind of like, I, I think in, in her mind in this movie, it's kind of like if she, if she knew. <laughs> It's like if she was a vegetarian and she knew she didn't like meat, like she knew she didn't want to eat meat. And then like, she's like, oh, but this one smells really good. And it has great conversations with me, this piece of meat. So I'm going to try to eat it. Yeah. And so we get like over the course of a month, her going on these wonderful dates and having a fantastic time with Helen. And they would slowly like make out for 20 minutes and then, you know, stop, 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 stop. Yeah. And, And it gets really, really close. And They have a great date where they're like out on the town and a couple of guys are, you know, lesbians are hot. Yeah. Yeah. Basically (laughs) they're hitting on them because they don't know they're lesbians. Right. But but she's uh, Helen starts like, like, Hey, what's up with guys and lesbians? Yeah. And like the whole time she's like touching Jessica under the table and it's super Mm, sexy. Good move. It's a good move. And Jessica's like, we got to get out of here right now. We got to go home and bang. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, that gets interrupted by one of Helen's hangs. Yeah. And she like gets the fuck out of there because too much. And she's yeah. every situation. She kind of neurotics herself out of the situation. She right. gets super in her head and can't relax and enjoy herself. Exactly. And so what what we have and, and, and then Heather gets sick and then basically Jessica or Helen, sorry, mm-hmm. Helen, the, Heather, you know, ugh, it's, it's so annoying that they name themselves basically their same name as their characters. Yeah. Um, so Helen gets sick and Jessica ends up taking care of her and, um, they end up through a really funny scene where like the Helen gets them a hotel room, but then they end up at Chavez, um, down at Jessica's mom's house, um, along with her boss, 
Max Medina, who we can tell from the very beginning of this movie, kind of has a thing for Jessica Stein. Yeah. And a little bit, he's flirty with Helen. He is flirty with Helen, but he he dated... We now find out yeah. they used to date. They broke up because reasons no the the reason is is because like they like they were both expecting the other person to be a like famous artist yeah and like go after their dreams and then when they weren't doing that they were just like i don't know it like it's a very intellectual way of defining this relationship yes um which felt like a cop-out from a writing point of view and it's like no no that's not a reason to break up well in college though Perhaps. I guess so. Especially for characters like these who are like Woody Allen types. Like Woody Allen will definitely in his movies break up with someone because they're not living up to their potential. Like, yeah. like or or he'll try to change them. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so there seemed to be something self-destructive about that relationship they did that they had. Right. And so what Jennifer Westfeld is getting through this or sorry, what Jessica Stein is getting through this relationship with Helen is like She's becoming a little looser. She's being able to accept someone for who they are and not who she wants them to be, kind right. of. But there's still things that she's still not opening herself up to about Helen because Helen still didn't see any of her paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's telling her family about them, but she's not telling them that they're dating. Yeah, so the conflict kind of comes to a head of like over and over there is there's these situations where Jessica can't be public about the relationship and won't disclose it to her friends, her family, and her friends start to figure out. I love the scene where uh, Jackie Hoffman is like, lesbians? It's pretty good. It's so good. And it's really, really well acted because it felt like two old friends. Right. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It's really good. Like, I honestly, I think the acting in this movie is mm-hmm. tops. Yeah. And up, and we, we skipped over, they do sleep together finally, and it's mm-hmm. in like Jessica's childhood bedroom. It's yeah. a really sweet scene. Yeah. And so three months go by. Like they've been together for like probably four months at this point in time. And unfortunately, uh, Jessica Stein, or maybe three months hasn't gone by, whatever. Basically, Jessica doesn't invite Helen, doesn't even tell her that her brother's getting married. Which, this was a really bad plot hole because the dinner, the family dinner that they go to, the reason for the family dinner is Is, that the brother that's getting married is coming home mm -hmm. to like, like that's kind of the thing. It's like, how could they not at family dinner talk about him getting married? No, no, it's, she knew he was getting married. Right. She just didn't know that he was getting married soon i guess so but she's like there's a wedding it's like yes you knew that he was getting married how could you not know about this wedding how could it how could you not ask your lover about her brother's wedding sure i mean i i'll I'll give i'll grant you that but um i was was watching like come on catch up helen what do you think's gonna happen but imagine like when how long did it take between you getting engaged and you getting married uh oh we got engaged in the summer because it was hot as balls um, and then we got married the following March. So it was like several, seven-ish months. Okay. But so this, this presumably happens like within one to four months. Again, no word about a wedding whatsoever. She was shocked that there was any wedding. 
That's yeah, the, yeah. That was the bad. Rating. I okay. I, I I see that for sure. But she's mad about it. Yeah. And there's an a fantastic argument where Helen is or Jessica's just trying to like be like, don't be mad. I'm sorry. I I'm just not ready to be open. And Helen's like, I am, and we're mm-hmm. dating, and you need to be. And yeah. it feels like a conversation that's probably been like an argument that has been had yeah a billion times before. Oh with yeah. Different couples. Yeah. Yeah. So she. Jessica Stein's super upset and super depressed. She hangs out at home and has this great conversation with her mom and her mom's like catching on to that. Jessica's really upset. And her mom is like, what is going on with you? So Tova Feldsha, who is the actor who plays her mom is outstanding in this Mm -hmm. scene. Like we get so close to her face and she reads her daughter and she gives her this whole like lecture about how she knew from a very young age that it would be hard for her to enjoy life because Mm. she wants for perfection and then doesn't enjoy things if they're not perfect. And it can only be perfect if everyone with her is perfect. Yeah. And then she like says that, you know, I think Helen's a really wonderful woman and is like a fantastic piece of writing because yeah. she doesn't say, you know, I'm so glad I'm, that you're gay. I, or I, you like can that. tell me anything yeah. or anything. It's, it's, I acknowledge what you're going through and I also approve of it, but in a piece of writing that is just like yeah. really just kiss. Well done. Uh, so then Jessica goes to Helen's like, here's your dress. Let's go, babe. Yeah. Which is and they get together. Good power move. Yeah. And everyone at the wedding's like, cool, you're gay. Yeah. <laughs> and all, all the old biddies are like asking questions about like, how are they going to have kids? And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but the, during this time, Max Medina, that's not his name, but we're just going to call him Max Medina. Josh Myers uh, is like uh, super depressed at work. And then like, we see him like, sitting down at his desk and he's like, I'm going to write. Yeah, Watch because, me write. And he's he's really mad at work because it looks like Jessica Stein's having a great life and yeah. she keeps saying that I'm dating a guy, but she's not. And so he's pissed about this and we realize it's because he's in love with her. Yeah. yeah. So he sleeps past the wedding, but he goes to the reception and he's like, confesses his love to Jessica and she's he like... Get, he plants another kiss on Jessica Stein. And she's like, Ooh, I'm dating Helen. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And Max Benin is like, you're dating Helen. You're dating Helen. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, so this scene, I, he played it off. They, they played it off very non-confrontational. Like there's no conflict. It's a nice scene because like at one point in time when, after she tells him, he's like, oh, okay. And then immediately Helen comes out and she's like, hey, hey guys, uh, can I borrow, you know, Jessica? And kind of does that, that move that a person in a couple would do where they're like, um, this is mine. I'm going to take this over here. And that's a really cool part of that scene. But before that, I would have loved if Max Medina got like just a little, not mad at her, but just upset about it. Yeah. You know, just because like he, he like just became super vulnerable and was like, yes, I know what I want in my life. And that was all taken from him. I'd like to see a little more crushedness. 
and some more confusedness because like that would be super news to him of like I thought I understood you but this is new yeah I got the I got the confusedness I wanted more of the upset more conflictedness yeah more but regardless <laughs> could you imagine if we were co-directing a movie and I go up to the actor I'm like I need to see some more confusion Max Benny's like okay and then you come up and say mm, I need to see see some more anger and then they do a take I'm like no no confused <laughs> Like we would really confuse actors. Robin is on the yelling set. at her headphones right now. That is not how you talk to actors. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's never co-direct a movie. No, good for you, <laughs> Cohen brothers, but we can't do it. Maybe we could. Let's let's direct a couple more movies ourselves and, and see and see if we can do it with our powers combined. <laughs> Super movie. <laughs> so that's when we do the three month jump, where they've been together for three months. And they moved and in together. They seem to be having a great time. Mm -hmm. Like we see them have holidays together. We see them like going to the store together. They're out. They're like very happy with life. They're like having fun with all their friends. And then we see Helen just a little unhappy mm -hmm. and a little sad. Mm -hmm. And at first you think it's because like, you know, maybe she needs more sex. Like she's just like, because the Helen we got at the beginning, she was having sex with everybody. Yeah. Right. And then you kind of just get that Jessica isn't super interested in Helen sexually. No. And so they have the classic end to the relationship where they realize we're just roommates and we don't have a romantic relationship. We're just good friends who live together. Well, Helen knows this and she is telling Jessica this and Jessica's denying it and denying right. it. But like the proof's in the pudding. Yeah, we yeah. all, we all know. So they break up. Um, Jessica leaves her job. She's got an art studio now because that's what happens when you break up. You start pursuing career things. Mm -hmm. I don't know why these are so mutually exclusive. Well, I mean, I think this is very true in real life. It's like when you're dedicating a bunch of time in your life to, especially towards the end of a relationship, you're dedicating, a, and I know that you don't know exactly how this is mm -hmm. because you haven't gone through a long breakup before, yeah. but you're dedicating so much of your time to trying to fix the relationship or to worrying about the relationship that you're not putting any of your time into being creative, just you're just amid destruction. And so it always makes sense to me when somebody like flushes them sound themselves down the toilet of a relationship and then say, okay, now I have to work on me. True enough. True enough. I uh, was spared that. <laughs> so trust me, you don't want it. Yeah. Um, so then Jessica runs into Max Medina, who's at a store he is shopping for more books for his shelf to teach his students in <laughs> Gilmore Girls. But he's wearing a ratty t-shirt, so we're like, oh, he's a writer. Yeah, he's got a big hole in the back of he's his shirt. He's a writer. Okay. Yeah. He's um, not successful. What kind of stories does he write? We don't know. I don't know. No clue. Don't know. Not going to tell us, movie. Uh, probably Hemingway-esque. Yeah. Knowing, <laughs> they, knowing Max Medina. Uh, they flirt with each other, and they're like, hey, let's get our number. And then we yeah. see her catching up with Helen, and Helen's got a new girlfriend, and Helen and uh, Jessica are getting drinks, and they're they they're still good friends, and we're going to hear- best friends. Yeah, and yeah. they're going to talk about how she's going to go on a date with Max Medina. Yeah. And the movie ends. Yeah, and it seems like her new girlfriend- is a girlfriend girlfriend like she's like girlfriend like like an actual like passionate passionate but passionate but also Good seemingly like monogamous maybe like the girl she slept with yeah i don't know i got the sense that this is the new girlfriend 
I guess I figured that they did stuff, right? No, no, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is is that um well monogamous Oh monogamous. I thought you meant what well, I don't know what I was thinking. You're you, right. Monogamous. You thought I meant platonic. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. My brain my brain hurt platonic. It, it just seemed like they were in a longer term relationship yeah, by yeah. the way they were acting yeah, together. Totally, totally. And so we have like Jennifer Westfelt, who is like devoid of all of her previous neuroses not devoid, but like is a much more easygoing person who's open to like dating Max, even though he's like got holes in his shirt. Yeah. And then we're just calling him Max now. (laughs) And then Helen is in like a committed relationship, but with somebody who's right for her. Yeah. And like, that's where they end the movie as having come together and changed each other's lives, not been the right people for each other, but then become better people at the end of it. Yeah. So, I must admit, I thought the ending was kind of weird for what the movie was doing. All right. Well, in what way? It's, it was like saying Jessica is trying this new thing out mm-hmm. and it's really great with Helen. And it felt like, well, their relationship soured, but it seemed like she was like, I guess I'm just not into girls. And just, that just kind of like stopped. And she's like, I'll just go out with the guy I went out with in college. And it didn't feel very full circle for me. And they were just still friends. And it, she didn't feel like she changed all that much in the end. Like it felt like she's kind of in the same place that she always was when this movie had begun. And it's like, well, oh, just I'm because just gonna... she's not fully gay? No, it's just <laughs> I didn't know what to glean from her what she was into. Because I'm like, what? In, in, do, like, into... do you like Helen? Like, what do you, what? Yeah, she like, so. this is what I got from the movie anyway. Jessica really liked Helen. She needed something different in her life because she wasn't getting satisfaction anyway. So she was going to try something different. Then uh, she wasn't really into that, but she really liked Helen. And so maybe, maybe she could go the distance with her. Maybe, maybe a person is, all you need to commit to your sexuality one way. Like I know, I know women, I don't know it the other way around, but I know women who like singularly dated women and then ended up like marrying a guy. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, most of them I know are bi, I guess, but the, the person was right for them. It wasn't necessarily like the person, the kind of people that they'd always had sex with. Right. But Jessica, it seems as a character never got over that hump of the hump where she's like, yeah, I, I am more attracted to men. Yeah. This, and that just couldn't be enough for Helen because Helen needed also a, like a full right. life, which is a, a good, I think it's, it's a good reason to break up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, Helen was 1000% correct. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is completely devoid of sexual identity. Mm-hmm. My question was, why would you be again devoid of sexual identity? Mm-hmm. Why would you be with someone if you weren't completely wanting to be with someone? Right? Like I feel like when you're when you're in a relationship, you want all the stuff. You See, want the friendship, you want the romance, you want the sex, you want the connection, the chemistry, all of it. Um I think one one half of it is safety. Mm-hmm. One half is like also if you're in your 30s and you've found someone and they make you happy, I, I think there are a bunch of people who like don't care as much about sex. And I think obvious- oh, I can totally understand if that's mutual. Yeah. Where it's like, 
neither are very interested in sex. They only have sex once a month and that's fine for them. So good for them. Well, I think Helen was waiting to see if that would happen. Mm -hmm. Waiting to see if Jessica would come around. Right. And Jessica didn't need it to come around Mm -hmm. um, to make it work. And that's where the conflict lay. Yeah. Right. And also when she did kiss Max or when Max Medina kissed her, she enjoyed that kiss she a lot. Sure, she sure did. Yeah. And she did the like, I'm going to keep enjoying this to a point yeah. and then stop because that's not cool. And it was a different kiss than she had with Helen, which makes sense because also it was like they'd never kissed before one and it was like seemingly the first time she kissed a woman. And so it was like, okay, this is new. And it was more of a, whoa, I don't know how to feel right. about this, but it was, it definitely makes me intrigued. Whereas yeah. the Max Medina kiss was like, like she was like, I really like this, but I am with Helen now. Yeah. And so my my problem is not the like, hey, you said you were gay. Like I'm not saying that. Sure. Yeah, I know. Um, but it was more, and I know the movie doesn't actually want me to think this, but I can't help but think this of, you were kind of being selfish with Helen. Like you were getting, like you were kind of taking. No, from I think it. the movie does want you to think that. So to to the movie kind of end, I'm like. I don't really like Jessica Stein. I really like Helen. And I feel like Helen's the hero of this movie. And Jessica felt a little selfish to me. I, well, I think that's, I I think that's true. Um, I don't think the movie's shying away from that. I think when people are trying to discover who they are, they generally end up being kind of selfish because it's all about their discovery. Mm -hmm. And this is just how it goes. Like if, if you don't end up in a perfect situation, you are sometimes using someone else to discover something about yourself. It's not nefarious. It's obvious that Jessica Stein loves Helen. Yeah. But I think she, she was doing that thing that we see in movies where you are ignoring the obvious because you love someone. Yeah. And I, I think there are selfish characters out there and I don't necessarily think that I, think Jessica Stein is a great person. I don't think she got there until she is where she is right now. I think she had to go through being kind of selfish to find out a little bit more about herself. Yeah. yeah. I I was expecting it to take the roadmap of the other ones that we did of in and out and imagine me and you of mm-hmm. like love conquers all, but this doesn't feel like a love conquers all. It's just kind of a, Oh, we had this thing and now we don't. And now yeah. I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. For me, I'll give this movie a three out of five stars. Yeah. I liked it, but... It's not really what you come to the genre for. I don't know what I come to the genre for, like this particular one either. Like, I think a lot of rom-coms fill a lot of different, like, boxes for me. It's like, mm. sometimes I'm feeling a Notting Hill. Sometimes I'm feeling a, um, you know, His Girl Friday. or just, you know, lots of different rom-coms. And it's like, this one... Both movies where people get together in the end. <laughs> but this one felt... Woody Allen-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, Very much so. But like, if you look at the Woody Allen rom-coms... Like an Annie Hall, Annie Hall, Manhattan, They don't get together in the Hannah end. and her sisters. Yeah. yeah, it's very much more Annie Hall, but I don't know. This movie didn't really get me in the feels, and that's fine. It's yeah. just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a taste thing. And Most of the feels that I got in this movie were either during the arguments or during her conversation with her mom. Yeah. Um, like, and I really liked those parts. Like, I think I'm going to give this movie a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it felt very real to me. This felt like a situation that would happen in real life. And all the characters felt very real. Yeah. Um, so in in that way, I liked it a lot. 
Um, granted, it is a Jessica Westfeld movie, Jennifer Westfeld movie, so I don't like a lot of the characters. Right. But not not in a way where, especially this one compared to Friends with Kids, oh, I like I, these characters a hundred times so more. So much better than yeah, Friends yeah. with Kids. So yeah. much better. So that, um, that was a nice palate cleanser. I'm like, you're not... You're not bad. But I like notice you. notice that um, there's a similar problem in this movie as there is that one. Because in Friends with Kids, Adam Scott likes everything about Jennifer Westfeld. He just doesn't find her attractive. Right. And then at the end, he... They go, like these movies, they go into interesting social contracts with each other. Th- yeah, that too. Yeah, well, this one's more of a, we're going to go discover something to, together, and this one's we're going to take care of something, and Friends with Kids, we're going to take care of something together. Yeah. But hold on, let me get to the end, because uh, Adam Scott, at the end of that movie, is like, no, I do love you, and I am now attracted to you. Right. Right? And it's kind of a love conquers all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the ending that you were looking for here, where in this one, love wasn't enough to make jennifer enjoy being sexually a lesbian yeah because my read of it is like you're being really repressive i feel like you're saying no to a part of yourself and it was not that it was it just wasn't ever there yeah no i don't think it was i I think it's something where since sexuality is so fluid it's like okay this is something i'm going to try out see how interested i am in it and maybe I am a little bit, but not enough for me to commit my life to it. Right. You know? Right. Like, I know <laughs> I know way too many people <laughs> who are or have been in their past kind of like weekend gay. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, like this is fun, but it's not like what I commit to. Or even weekend straight on the other side of things where right. they're just like, yeah, I'm going to hook up with a girl, but I don't usually right like it's not my thing but i want to hook up with somebody this weekend right and so like i mean since sexuality is such a spectrum it made a lot of sense to me that her being like okay i'm gonna try this i really like this person and i can have fun but it's not something i enjoy so much that i'm gonna pursue it a lot right right, right. Or with a passion. Uh, yeah. And I, I wonder with Max Medina, it's like, is Max Medina going to have the same complaints of like, we only have sex once a month? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe Jessica Stein just isn't in that that into sex. And that's what she's going to discover in Kissing Jessica Stein 2. Yeah. Or Kissing Jessica Stein a lot less than I thought I was going to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a movie called Kissing Jessica Stein, you don't seem to like it very I much. Was, I was surprised Jessica that Stein. only two people kissed Jessica Stein in this movie. <laughs> I really thought that there it was, was going to be a bunch of people lack doing of it. kissing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, if this movie works, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great acting. Great acting. Really wonderful yeah. writing. So S- some of the choices, like some of the choices in mirrors, I wasn't quite into. Oh yeah. There was were... an interesting like shot in the bar where it was like whoosh. I thought it was a cool shot, but it didn't like, and it was like right when she first met her. And so I was like, I like that one, but there were like five or six other ones in the movie where I was like, it just seems like you're wanting to shoot in mirrors right now, yeah. but there's no motivation here. Well, I also really like, you could tell that there's really low budget. They didn't have a lot of money and they made the most of it. Like every shot is handheld yes, because it takes much time so. to set up a camera. So if you keep it handheld, you can get through a lot of shots in a day. And there's there's a lot of great scenes where that works. Like when um, 
when Jackie Hoffman finds out that she's a lesbian, like it's frenetic and like they're going through so much heightened emotion yeah. and it really works for that scene. This is actually a fantastic film for any kind of aspiring filmmaker. And it's like, if you don't have a lot of time to make your movie, you only have like 12 days, watch yeah. this movie, see how they do it. Cause totally. it keeps things really vivacious and it's got a lot of verve. Cause we, you and I have watched a lot of bad independent films and it's mostly because the camera is not moving. Actors are just kind of sitting there counting matches. Totally. There's nothing going on. It's like you, this you has, actually have so much more you can do with limited means. Totally. This has energy Yeah, and I like it a lot. And the actors are great. I, uh, the one thing I did not like about this movie, hands down, was I hated the score. Oh. <laughs> I, I, like, there were these... It was very just, like, late 90s. Well, there were these stings that they would do when, like, somebody, like, showed up somewhere that felt like a serial killer. Right. And I'll, I'll try to send a couple to you so you yeah. can play them right here, where I was just like, are we in a horror movie all of a sudden? Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. Um, but besides that, 3.5, I enjoyed this movie and I would probably watch it again sometime. Yeah. And I feel weird because I don't want to make the surprise you're a lesbian thing a monolith, but it's like, I feel weird saying I prefer imagine me and you, but that feels unfair to this movie and imagine me and you. Uh, but in terms you of, you just prefer it because it's more lighthearted and love does win. I, I think the reason is, I think I, it's, I also prefer it. I think it's an interesting premise to have something so existential in your romance mm -hmm. where you're, you're personally going through a transformation and it feels so much stronger in a story like sure. imagine me and mm -hmm. you, because not only is she falling in love with another person, but it's making her question everything about herself. And she has to say goodbye to this other person that she loves, right. this adorable Matthew good. And, and in this one, her life basically sucks anyway. So it's yeah. more it's more about like everything gets better until the end. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but you know, I like it's, all. It's kind of like a anti-you catastrophe, but she's still <laughs> kind of happy. <laughs> that That's how I felt. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's how I felt <laughs> yeah. about at the uh -huh. end. I'm like, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's nice. Did you, did you think she had much chemistry with Josh Myers, AKA Max Medina? The movie didn't allow us, they had good combative chemistry, mm -hmm. but the movie didn't allow us any time for them to have chemistry. Because the movie's like, watch, she's becoming a writer. I'm like, watch, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, like he, the reason why he does this is because he sees her painting at the art museum, right? Yeah, and he's like, and fuck, I gotta do something. Like, it inspires him, yeah. basically. But. I, and it's a good shot, actually, because they they get away with not showing the painting right. by just having the two of them look at it and both be impressed. And they're both going through a lot because this is also when Helen has broken up with her. Yeah. And it's like this. It's it's a very tense moment. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things where if you're going to make him irascible this whole time, but not like in that way where... You know, sometimes in this genre, we have an irascible character who we can't help but be charmed by. Mm -hmm. I liked him in this movie, but I think the movie didn't give him enough of a chance for me to care so much about her getting with him at the end. Right. And so that kind of made me feel like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel right now. I feel yeah. a little lost. I need him to be a little bit more Luke yeah. and a little less Chris. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, well, the Gilmore Girls <laughs> reference for you. Uh, so if you got anything from this episode so far, go watch Gilmore Girls. Go watch Imagine Me and You. And watch this too. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think we should go shill. What do you think? Uh, yeah. 
And we're back, not with Trope Talk, so I don't have to come up with a rhyme. We're just going to go straight into shillings. Shillings. The things that come on rooftops and the things that are coming out of our mouth right now. Yuck. Uh, so the, we have spent all month in gleeful anticipation. Nope, not gleeful. More terrified yep. anticipation. We did It's Summer, so it's the Bratwurst Pack. Uh, brat Wait, pack. so tell, tell me why it's... Oh, because you would usually cook them on a barbecue? Like yeah. a bratwurst? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't connecting barbecue. bratwurst, summer. Yeah. Like I, I, I like a good winter brat. Like a nice brat. Like throw it on the, the grill. Brat. So brat. Ryan connected that with the Brat Pack, so he's calling it the Brat Pack now. Yes, it's British. Bra. Brat Pack. Uh, so you had all of these beautiful 80s films, some kind of wonderful, pretty in pink, 16 candles and about last night. And our patrons have decided that we're doing 16 candles. Woo! Woo! Very excited. 16 candles next week. Uh, there's At a least lot. the numbers will be high. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. And please don't judge us if this movie has been canceled because um, you picked it. So Yeah, you picked it. It's your fault. <laughs> I, I mean, I think... It's one of those movies that actually hasn't been canceled, but had it come out maybe 15 years later would have been more canceled. Sure. I I do think that they're like it is it is a movie that is of its time in a way has a lot wrong with it. But Mm -hmm. also there are things to enjoy about it, probably. Yeah, Yeah. And it's a cop out that shouldn't count. But there is a bit of a they didn't know better they absolutely should have known better but everyone was making these kind of jokes in the 80s and none of it felt none of it looks out of place i bet there were people who were not and it was just that a lot of people were yeah everyone was going this way and it made like i don't think anyone at the studio was nervous to release a movie like this no they should have been but they weren't (laughs) (laughs) well it was a huge success and yeah is Absolutely a cornerstone of 80s identity. For sure. Um, I, I'm i really interested to... I'm glad we're watching this one first so that when we watch like a couple other ones from... Like if, if we watch a Breakfast Club or a you know Pretty in Pink, yeah. like how are those going to feel in comparison to this? Yeah, because John Hughes did 16 Candles. It was his first film, but movies like Ferris Bueller, uh, Breakfast Club... Curly Sue, Home Alone. He doesn't really make outrageous, racist, sexist jokes ever again. It's kind of, I, well, he does in Weird Science. But yeah. um, this is kind of like the home of like his inappropriate humor and other movies. It's not nearly as bad. Yeah. And, and like this, I think Pretty in Pink feels, it feels like a rom-com because that's what John Hughes is more interested in mm-hmm. is like the plight of the teenager who's in love. Yeah. But um like it feels also that he's taking like a vein of porkies and being like, this is popular now let's do something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'd be very curious if someone could break down, like if the studio came in, they're like throw pepper in some of this sexual humor, stuff like that. Cause we don't, that's like Ferris Bueller is like a good example. We made Ferris Bueller just a couple years later, not anywhere near the same kind of humor. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. And like the only thing that like comes close to being, like race related to that is she like the sister gets mad at Jennifer Grey gets like mad because somebody is not understanding her on the phone and she's like speak any English yeah and it's like eh. yeah <laughs> so 
but anyway, I'm excited to watch it for all of its rom cominess. Oh and yeah, to see like how how that lands. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I am excited. Yeah, um, it's gonna be good. So that is next week. Right now, if you want, you can go over to our Patreon. That's romcom gents. No, no, I did it again. It's patreon.com slash romcom gents. And you will find a bonus episode by Ryan and Sarah. What What's that episode, dude? We talk about trailers. Trailers, trailers. from hell. And like, like, why we have these arguments what about do you, these What are trailers. you pulling behind trucks these days? Because <laughs> Sarah... <laughs> go listen to the episode because I think Sarah's being completely unfair towards me because... We watched the trailer. The whole impetus was we watched the trailer for Bullet Train, new Brad mm-hmm. Pitt movie. And I was like, that looks boring. And she's like, that looks awesome. You're an idiot. We're going to go see it. and We're going to have a good time. And uh, and she's like, you're being completely unfair towards that movie. And I'm like, okay. So we watched Persuasion, the trailer. And she's like, this is dumb. And st- should be arrested. She's like, this is dumb and stupid. And this movie is not going to be good. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the judgmental one and you get to be judgmental. And so there's some double standards there. So go check it out and see what, uh, what's Let me have going on. Uh, when, you, when you watched this trailer, um, was it before or after you took her to Target? We didn't even get through the first trailers. No, we saw the bullet train trailer at Top Gun. Oh, okay, and that's okay. when we started talking about it. Okay. Well, I can't wait to listen to it. I get to finally listen to one of our bonus episodes. Bonus for me. I didn't yeah. have to work on it. It's great. Um, and next then month next month, Speed. Speed. And also, happy birthday, Sandra B. Yeah. That just happened just a hey, couple of days ago. happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to me. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to us. It's also our birthday month. We're basically Sandra Bullock's best friends because yeah. all our birthdays are in July. We didn't get to enjoy our birthday together because you were in kansas land and i was in uh the coast so. yeah that sucks we're gonna make up for it though we'll make up for it you want to go drinking this weekend yes oh man that sounds so fun okay oh, let's man. leave our wives and our children behind be and just go become drunks oh man it'll be fun <sighs> <sighs> uh so that's that's our shills um i'd like to take you into a segment we don't always get to do and it's i've got some letters for you hey flo huh mail come got mail for you oh pete you've got mail you sent me a letter. You got mail. I love letters. Letters are good. We had a conversation with Rachel Foskett. Yeah. Do you know Rachel Foskett? She's been on this show a couple of times. You've heard her. <laughs> You've heard the opinions that she has. <laughs> she seemed to think that we went too hard on Clueless. In, in our, our 10 Things episode. And I checked in with Robin about this because she had finished this about the same time. Robin, who loves Clueless, was like, no, you guys were fine. So I don't know if that's just wifely love, but you know what? Rachel's opinions are valid. We just want to clarify. We love Clueless. Love Clueless. Clueless is great. I'm clueless as to why Rachel thinks that we don't like Clueless. Clueless. We love Clueless. Just in comparison to 10 Things I Hate About You, it's just not our preference. Preference. Preference? You know what? We're going to put out a poll as well because she also thinks that she thinks that the main characters of uh, 10 things are the men mm-hmm. and we think I think it's kind of an ensemble piece but I actually think Cat is the main character and this is a debate that we have kind of currently going I'm gonna between be on, the three of us in a text message I'm going to be on both of your sides okay. I'm going to play not devil's advocate you're going to play Swiss advocate <laughs> but She's saying that the men are more of the hero roles because they get 
they have the conflict, they have the triumph, they have the triumph, they have the love conquers all, and there's not a lot of stuff for the women. But you are correct that Cat goes through a major transformation because the movie does a beautiful thing where in Taming of the Shrew, it's like she was a shrew until she stopped being a shrew, mm-hmm. and this movie is like she's still Cat. But she opened herself up to love. Yeah. And connection and vulnerability with her sister and her dad. And, and anyway. But nothing's going to change the fact that she's still tough as nails. And that's yeah. just part of who she is. And that's kind of what turns Patrick on. Like, totally. He's into that. So. Totally. Uh, but I, I do see her point in the sense of Kat and Bianca sometimes feel a little bit, just a little bit backseat to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Heath Ledger, and Bernard the Hot Elf. I I I bet screen time they probably get a little bit more. I think they are the ones with the machinations. Yeah, because Bianca's just getting chased. We don't get to spend as much time with her. Uh, it, it turns around though with Bianca because she ends up being the one who's chasing JGL towards the end, and she's the one with the hero moment where she punches the guy right. and saves JGL. But I think in terms of like screen time and development, I, I think she's she straws the short straw a little uh, bit, just I think, a little. I bit. think JGL's probably got the most, followed by Cat, followed by Bianca, followed by Patrick. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's uh, it's a raging debate. What can yeah. you do? But. I- Rest assured, we love Clueless. We got all respect for the game of yeah. Clueless. Oh, yeah, we do, for sure. But anyway, we'll post up a poll to see who you think <laughs> is the main character of... Uh, you should you should do that. Put all four of them up there yeah. and uh, do a poll of who is the main character. Who's the main character? Yeah, I like that. Okay. We'll see who wins. Uh, we have got another letter from Janu. Uh, oh, again, was, she, again, writing in 24-7. That's great. She wrote... Um, we are wrong. <laughs> no, no. She's she was super into our fifty first dates episode, yes. um, and she was like, "Why are you guys so surprised that Adam Sandler is bagging all the ladies?" And oh, okay. So what what is Janu? What does she well, like about him? She, is well, it his it is ass? I, th- I, th- <laughs> I think he he can be attractive in a certain angle. <laughs> uh, no, but she's <laughs> like, "Have you guys seen her? His wife and." I was like, no, and I I Googled it, and it's like, wow, she's gorgeous. Uh So he can get the gorgeous women because he literally has. Okay. Um, And that was part of the point she was making, but she wasn't super surprised in a movie like Fifty First Dates that this guy would be getting all the ladies. Yeah, but but Adam Sandler is different than um, his his character who works at SeaWorld. Yeah. Not SeaWorld in Hawaii. Yeah. But I get what she's saying. Yeah, yeah. Sure. it would make more sense if he looked like Heath Ledger. It, yeah. He would be bagging all those ladies. Exactly. He doesn't look like the um, seducer type, but um, I don't know. All these ladies seem to be really into the funny guy. That's I true. Guess. I like. I think. I think being funny goes a very long way. And rich. Yes. Yes. Well, he's not a bad-looking guy. He just has an egghead. <laughs> yeah, as admitted as in he that would movie. Say. Yeah. So, thanks for pointing that out. Google Adam Sandler's wife. She pretty. She purdy. Google Adam Sandler's butt. Google whatever you want. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to say don't. Anyways. I mean, to, to each their own. Don't yuck, don't yuck somebody's Adam yum. <laughs> There's got to be a wider way to say that. Anyways, let's just jump right into our next category. Um, we have some awards to give out. Mm-hmm. Which one would you like to give out first? Let's give out our golden sword. She A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. Whoa. 
The Golden Sword. What movie did we watch again? <laughs> this would be not kissing Jessica Stein. I think that's what happened to Helen a lot. Yeah, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> um, she got blue balled a ton in that movie. She did. She's got. You know, I think I'm gonna give this sword to Helen, mm-hmm. just because I feel like she is. She's a champion. She's noble. She. She tried to ride out a really good relationship that just wasn't perfect for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jessica Stein is fine with that because that's literally her transformation. She is accepting something that's not 100% perfect and getting something great out of it. Yeah. Helen doesn't need to do that. And she knows Mm -hmm. it. But the fact that she is so good to Jessica even though she's not getting her rocks off consistently I think she just deserves a golden sword yeah yeah way to way to be way to be you deserve an orgasm <laughs> well, that's all I can say and honestly the great moment between them is when they do finally like have tried and true sex on um Jessica's bed like, oh, yeah. at her parents house oh, yeah. it's like during a storm nobody can leave it's like the trope of tropes we've run into it multiple times but I don't know. It's just, it's just nice. And she seems nervous. And like, it's the first time where Jessica's not nervous and she's actually hitting on her and yeah. she's nervous to be there. Cause she's like, I feel like we're going to get caught and grounded. Okay. I don't want to go. I don't want to go back to this. Well, again, it's totally devoid of sexual identity. There's this aspect to the movie of, we see Jessica being super neurotic about just relationships. Mm-hmm. Any of the dates that she goes on, all of them are dumb. So I sure. get that. But the story I was getting at that point was like oh she's not not just to a woman but just to herself just like becoming more sexually like open open and not mm-hmm. repressive and not being erotic not being her head and just like enjoying herself I enjoying think, life i think it would help both of us if earlier in the movie if these guys weren't so bad yeah and we saw that she was pushing them away for a reason yeah um and if we saw that she was a little bit more repressed sexually yeah. anyway as, she, as a human. She was coming out of her shell and then towards the end of the relationship, she was going back into her shell, which I guess that's what happens in relationships though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe they were just more honest than I realized. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, who are you giving a sword to dude? The cameraman. Oh, okay. Cause that dude had a, well, or lady, but whoever the camera person was had a mm-hmm. lot of work to do. Totally. Like handheld the entire film every day, all day, holding sticks. I don't think the entire f- film was handheld. There's a, a couple okay, very, maybe not the whole, thing. like, no, no, there's some on sticks too, but a vast majority of it. Yeah. No. So good job. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, totally. He was, he was running back and forth and that, like that scene in, uh, the, when we first get to her work at the newspaper, yeah, it's a like, lot of whoosh, 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 hands, whoosh, whoosh. but like also just like, I, I think there was a shot that was like 20 seconds long, but most of it was whooshing. Yeah. <laughs> the cameraman's like, whoosh. whoosh. He just says it every time. <laughs> whoosh. Whoosh. Well, um, do you want to whoosh me over a rom-com? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think I didn't give out a best supporting actress, right? 
you didn't want to. Um, there was a movie that we did a couple weeks ago that you really wanted to, but I I ended up doing it instead. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm giving Best Supporting Actress to Tova Feldsha, who plays Jessica's mother. I can we Immaculate. both can we both do this? Yeah. Because I think that she reminds me a lot of Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. Who, like, I think the two of them, Robin brought this up that they should play sisters in a movie and completely. Oh, I, yeah. They both very strong. I want to watch more Tova stuff now. Yeah. 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 She's great. Yeah. So, same actor, same, same award, double, double award. From double the both trouble. Of us. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I think it's an appropriate time to ask who would you fall in love with? Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I. Loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, and love, and love you. I know. I think it's a pretty easy question. Oh, yeah? I don't know about you. Who, who for you? Helen. Helen? Oh, yeah. Come oh, yeah. on. Oh, yeah. She's, like, adventurous. Mm. She's vivacious. She doesn't take no shit. How do you she, feel about a floor bed? A floor bed, I can get used to. Okay. I can how, I can deal. How do you feel about the big purple blocks on the wall? Love it. Love it? Want them on the wall. Okay, great. I want to have a fish with her. Oh. Because I get a fish. Have a fish. Yeah. Hey, give me a fish. Hey, fish me. Um. Yeah, I. she's... And, like, she's, like... She gets... Not right to the point, but she's very much like, hey, let's cut the bullshit. Yeah. I like when um, Jennifer or Jessica Stein comes over and she's like, okay, this is how, because Helen lies at the beginning and and like, is like, yeah, I've been with women. Right. And Jessica Stein comes over and brings a bunch of literature on what it means to be like lesbian. Was a great scene. It, that's like the most Woody Allen scene in the whole movie. Very much so. But yeah. it's still really funny. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think I think I'm going to go with, uh, like, I, I want to say Helen, too. I'm thinking about Judy Stein, though. <laughs> uh, Tova. Um, she's a good woman. She's a good woman. And she, like, likes her daughter. And she she's a little pushy. For sure, but not seemingly so to her husband, just to her kids. Yeah, I think I'm going with Judy Stein. All right. <laughs> like, I really want to say Helen because I liked Helen a lot, but I think I'm going Judy Stein. I'm going with the, the older Fox. All right. I love it. It's just Jessica feels... I would be pretty miffed at the end of that relationship. I would feel yeah. a little used. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I And I think... Like, like she, she seems so decided for someone who's so neurotic. Like when she does like the, um, why can't I think of their names? I always want to say Baha'i, but it's not Baha'i. Um, Jewish? No, the, no, no, the guy's jumping around. um, Oh, oh, uh, Hare Krishnas. Hare Krishnas. When she sees them, she's just like, oh, they're crazy. And it's such a throwaway line, but it's like. There's something about her that just feels Jessica. <laughs> judge, it feels judgmental for somebody who is so is, is dealing with too much of their own shit. Yeah, and so yeah, I just couldn't go with Jessica Stein. I'm more of a Helen or a Judy, but since you have Helen, I'll take Judy. Okay, 
<laughs> That'll be an interesting double tape. Yeah. Um, well. Well. What are we watching next week? We're watching 16 we're Candles. We're watching 16 Candles. Wow. Wow. Uh, I think movies, a uh, movie that you and I both own. Oh, you know what movie I forgot existed in the Surprise You're Gay is Surprise You're Straight with Chasing Amy? Oh, you're right. That's a Surprise You're Straight. But maybe not that straight? Just Well, just straight for that one person. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's. I feel like that's kind of what this movie is too, in a way, where she likes her so much that she's willing to go down a road that she would have otherwise thought just completely closed off to her. Man, yeah. I really want to rewatch Chasing Amy in conversation with this movie. Because mm, I feel mm. like maybe it's a fair comparison to compare those movies than a movie like Imagine Me and You. Well, I know that they're both affairs to that remember. we should remember. No. no. Um, well, Kelly, I love you so much that I would tell you if my brother was getting married and I would invite you to go as my date. Oh, thank you. I no, appreciate that. No questions asked. I kind of no already problem. did this. You actually did this because you yeah. did come to my brother's wedding. Yes. You told me when it was, and we actually flew there together. Right. Yes. So the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. I, I mean, you don't I even do have to. You. you don't have to prove yourself right. to me. I know that you love me. Brilliant. I love you so much that I would wear a Christmas hat and would don. <laughs> All I can think of is Hari Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> I would don. Draper Hanukkah me? stuff on you. Oh. <laughs> Why couldn't I think of the word Hanukkah? <laughs> I gotta... It's hot in here, Ryan. Let's turn on the AC unit. Okay. And this is where we will say a goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. See you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. Till rom comes. It crows in bunches. We still recording? I've got my hunches. hunches. Mama, Dada, Grandma, the no, Grandpa, Grandma phone. <laughs> I got it. Uh, okay, whatever.